Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Superficial Magic, the most magical place on the internet. Um, I am your host, Megan Granger, and today I am very excited because I've heard your pleas, I've heard your calls, and I've responded. I have with me Teo Burkhart. And he is my meditation teacher. Hi, Teo. Hi, Megan. This is so crazy. You taught me to meditate almost two years ago to the day. Really? Mm-hmm. What, do you know the date you were initiated? I started December 1st, two oh years God. ago. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I just got scared that this was off, but there's no on and off button, so it's fine. You 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 qualify for your advanced technique. I do. Yeah, we can talk about that later. But what's that? You qualify for your advanced technique a year after you've been meditating, and it's uh, it helps it helps you have more God consciousness experiences in your meditation and outside of meditation. Um, I would love that. But that might be putting the cart before the horse in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a little, it's advanced. Yeah. Right. I have done it twice a day, almost every day since we did it. And I don't know if it's because I paid money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that like part of the thing? Yeah. 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 I'm like, I paid money, so now I better do this. That's exactly it. And, and sometimes people complain about the cost, but... Um, I have given this away for free. I gave this to my sister because how could I charge her? She never does it. And mm. I f- now feel that I've deprived her of a really good practice because she wasn't invested. And, you know, the the fee is there not only to... I do this full time yeah. and it's all I do. So it supports me, but there's a really big side for the initiate, which is they they're invested and there's a sacrifice on their part so we're coming together and we're each offering something. You're offering a course fee and then I'm offering time and my knowledge and I'm good at it. I, yeah, I, I like are. to make people self-sufficient meditators and I just want to see people, you know, meditate yeah. and, and do this. So And it sparked some sort of like deep cheapness in me <laughs> and I just kept going <laughs> to get my money's worth and now I'm obsessed with it and if I don't do it... I feel really weird and you were telling me that's because it's you get you you your physiology gets dependent on it. Now, this is different than addiction or something like that. We're dependent on water. Mm-hmm. We're dependent on oxygen. So there are good things that you can be dependent on, but when you, you your body is basically a printout of your mind. Right? And your mind is continually printing out the body. So if you are sad, and heartbreaky, you know, you got the, you know, someone hurt you and you're, you're, there's all this sorrow. You are going to print out the body of sorrow. Every, if we took a test uh. of your blood or your urine or a tear, it would have uh, sad chemistry in it. Right. 
And if you have, you know, if you're having a great day and you're cracking up and you're laughing at something and joyful, and then we take urine sample, blood sample, and even the sample of your tear or saliva, you're going to find happiness chemistry in there. So is that why people with split personalities, they say have totally different chemistry? Have you ever heard that? I don't know much about split personalities. It's fascinating. Yeah. And I, but I don't, I know that it's super rare. It's actually one of the rarest things, it but it is. does exist. It exists. And yeah. I, I, like when I went to school, they were saying they have different urine as mm-hmm. different. They have different blood. They have different, you know, their blood tests. That's different even more your- fascinating. You, you can have, you'll probably like if someone thinks they're Napoleon, mm-hmm. when they're Napoleon, they'll have Napoleon chemistry. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. It's crazy. I don't know much about it, but in meditation, whenever you meditate, you're you're through the deep rest in meditation, your nervous system is able to scrub the stresses out, the deep stresses in your physiology, and then it releases all this bliss chemistry into your into your physiology, into your nervous system. And that is like dopamine and serotonin, soma, anandamide. Anandamide is is why THC works on us. So our receptors, when people smoke pot, THC fits into their receptors. Right. And then, you know, they're high. Right. The reason we have those receptors. Do that all the time. Yeah. The reason we have those receptors (laughs) isn't so you can score a dime bag. It's you you have anandamide in your brain, and it gets released in deep rest. Mm -hmm. So not always, but this has happened before because I teach a lot of comedy writers for some it's my. It's a weird niche. I, I have, and they're <laughs> yeah. all stoners. Mm-hmm. And a lot. I've heard this a lot. People say, well, "I keep forgetting to smoke pot." Mm. They wake up and they usually have a bong hit, but now they're waking up, meditating, and then when they're driving to work, they're like, "Oh my god, I forgot to smoke." That is so interesting. Yeah, it's the, the same. The receptors are filled up. So, it's a lot easier than I thought it would be. Yeah. And it worked a lot faster than I thought because I had been reading books for probably 10 years and trying to like get into it. And every day it was such a struggle and it was annoying Mm. and I wasn't doing it right and it didn't feel good. And then kind of once I learned how to do it, it was almost immediate. Yeah. And it's relaxation. Yeah, totally. It's the benefits are are immediate and cumulative. And I, I was the same. Like I was... I was struggling with meditation for about four or five years before mm-hmm. I learned what I do now. And it was a real battle. I don't like being bored. Mm-hmm. I don't like struggling. And I don't like it when things don't work. And th- that was the experience I was having. I just thought, I'm either an idiot or, I'm, or I, I'm missing that DNA strand that makes you focus or something like that. Yeah, I, just, I mean, we're all very ADD now. And yeah. it's just, I, there was no, I just thought it was hopeless because I can't. Yeah, but yeah, it's actually very easy. In fact, the it's you know the more the better you get at meditate at meditation, the more automatic it becomes. In the beginning, you're kind of walking through it, but now you're probably fine. You just sit down and close your eyes, and you're off and running. Mm-hmm. And the best meditations never feel like you did it at all. It always feels like you just caught a wave, and the meditation sort of happened, and you were just riding that wave what's happening to me while that's happening um one you're practicing effortlessly so what what happens with this type of meditation we use a mantra and and then a very specific technique on how to use it so that activates stress release and the tone or the vibration of the mantra causes it to fade and it causes a de-excitation in your mind and physiology 
and then the mantra starts to fade and becomes a more, more and more subtle, but it also increases in charm. So your attention, mm. which always likes to follow charm and happiness, will follow it through those deeper, deeper, and deeper mm. states. And you start to settle as it gets deeper. And then finally, you know, your mind might wander a little bit, but you come back and it might wander a little bit more. And soon you forget to think, the, you forget your mantra, and then there is just this pure awareness with no content. And at that moment, you're resting in an incredibly deep state, usually a hypometabolic state. And it's, you know, rest that you can't even get during sleep. So it's a deeper rest than sleep. Uh, yes. Yeah, scientists have said it's three to five times deeper. Wow. When you're sleeping. Because when you're sleeping, we've evolved in a way that we're, when we sleep, there's part of our brain kind of keeping an ear open for predators. Right. Yeah. But when you're in a deep state of meditation, you're also fully conscious. So it's, you can, it, it's this just amazing way of, you know, getting the body that deep rest yet being totally aware, aware of all sounds around you and without it disturbing you, you know? Wow. And that comes just from correct effortless practice by not resisting, taking it as it comes. Um, and what's cool about it is you don't have to, and this is why I think I struggled with it and maybe why you struggled with it, but in this technique, you're not changing the way your mind thinks. Instead, you're, you're sort of leveraging the mind with the way the mind thinks, and you're on board with its inattention, mm -hmm. with its desire to wander. You're completely on board with it, and you don't resist any of that, and that takes you deeper and deeper and deeper, that plus the mantra. So if people are like, I don't have a mantra, mm -hmm. I don't have anybody to teach me a mantra, where do they start? What do they do? Mm. Teos teaches Vedic meditation in New York City. In LA and New York. Yeah. Yes. I met him in LA at a um, roller skate party where you wear wigs. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> and for some reason, we decided at this party that you would teach me meditation. Yeah. It was just meant to be. Um so let's say if they live in L.A. or New York, they can come see you. It's Yeah, it's easy to find me. And there's actually, I have a lot of colleagues all over the world. Okay. So, um, and we all travel. Like, I have a client base in Dallas. And really? in Kansas City, which is totally weird. I know people who go to Austin, who go to Detroit, um, Seattle, Portland. Like, there's a lot of places where we all reach. We You know, and then... There's initiators and tons of initiators in Australia, all over Europe. So we are out there. But let's say, let's say someone is listening from uh, some town in Greenland mm -hmm. where none of us teach mm -hmm. yet. What do they do? You know, with this, if they can't get on a plane mm -hmm. and they have no plans to go to London or Copenhagen or New York. Mm -hmm. um, I would recommend just doing their own research and start off meditating in whatever way you can. I would order books on Amazon. I would... On Vedic meditation or just... No, because there's no books on Vedic meditation. Right. And the thing about Vedic meditation is it has to be taught person to person, which is one of the beautiful things about it. Mm. In this age, we want everything automatic and on the internet. And I, I think it would be... There's part of me that wishes I could teach over the internet, mm -hmm. but I won't do it because you, there's a, you know, the puja ceremony. Yes. That's a live thing. So, so just so the listeners know, when I taught Megan, I, I did a little ceremony called puja 
and it's a five-minute song in Sanskrit where I'm singing and, and making offerings. And that ceremony is incredibly important. And it's really for me. It's not so much for Megan or my initiates. It's my way of saying I'm not the innovator of this knowledge. And it gets my ego out of the way. And it's my way of expressing gratitude mm. and saying I'm going to teach this purely. Yeah. The way it was taught so we don't lose this knowledge through impurities or me taking shortcuts. And right. one of those shortcuts is learning over the internet or trying to, you know, find a way over the internet. So I would say do the best you can, even if you're just closing your eyes uh, a couple times a day and just, you know, just being aware of your breath or just Mm -hmm. letting your mind wander. I mean, Albert Einstein meditated, but or he had a technique, but I don't think, I think he just figured it out. He would just daydream. Mm -hmm. He daydreamed his way to relativity. Yeah, he did. You know, yeah. That's a technique. He's he has, getting deep He's excited. my favorite person. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. And he was a Maharishi. Really? Yeah. He was a Maharishi. He was a great seer. That's what that means. And, you know, his, his contemporaries or his colleagues said one of the amazing things about him was he, ha- he was never in a rush. So mm-hmm. all, of, all of his friends, they were really excited to publish. They had a scientific discovery or some theory, and they were racing to publish to get famous and recognition. He just didn't care. And mm-hmm. he even said, you know, I, it's not that I'm smarter than anybody. It's just that I stay with problems longer. So he'd get an idea, and then he'd ponder it for years, 10 years, 15 years. And just gen- kind of a relaxed, gentle. Gently pondering yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he taught in Pasadena. Oh, really? And there were, yeah, there's stories where he wouldn't show up to class and his class would go out looking for him and they'd find him on a park bench <laughs> watching the leaves <laughs> fluttering down from the trees and they'd go, you know, professor, and he'd be like, oh, ha, 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 let's go to class. <laughs> you know, I've been out here for hours. I love him. I want to yeah. date Albert Einstein. <laughs> That's my dream man. Um, how did you get into all of this? Because you grew up kind of like L.A., right? Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a Hollywood boy in a way. You are. Yeah. My mom was a casting director. My um, my stepdad was on a TV show, and I was... What, so, what TV show was that? Family Can, Ties. He was the dad in Family Ties, He was the Ties, dad on right? Family Ties, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, because you teach it out of your house, and I remember seeing his picture framed, and I was like, wow, Teo really loves Family Ties. <laughs> <laughs> He's obsessed with it. <laughs> He's obsessed with the dad. How weird. Um, so this is not what you are taught, I'm sure. No, 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 no. I was like, I was on my way to be as a writer and director, as you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and like headed in that path. And then I moved to New York in 2002. I was, I had this script that needed a second draft and I was going to go and just work and finish the second draft. And I had this strange case of writer's block, which turned out to be Lyme disease. Oh yes. I remember now. Yeah. And then it just got worse and worse and worse. And I couldn't put two sentences together, let alone write. And, uh, and everything was fading. My body wasn't working. My speech wasn't working. Paralyzed face pain hallucinations it was the whole thing was just bananas oh i've studied it mary kate olsen has it she does yeah or ashley no it's mary kate right or ashley or both just that's weird Mm -hmm. um that's sad well hopefully she has a good doctor because you can you can get rid of this really yeah if you have if you have a good doctor if you have a good support team you can get rid of this but it it during that time i was deteriorating i a lot of people were telling me about meditation. And so I started doing mindfulness meditation 
and in that and I practiced mindfulness for about three to four years, but I never liked it. And I know people really love it. And I hate it. Yeah, I hate it too. I hate it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into it. I just don't want to rain on anybody's parade. Um, but it's it's programmed to do something different than what we do. And most meditations work according to what they're supposed to do. So mindfulness isn't about, it's not a transcending technique. Mindfulness is about finding equanimity in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't care. I yeah. still don't like it. I thought it was hard and boring. It's boring and hard. This, the meditation that you taught me is like, oh, I'm going to go do ecstasy for 20 minutes right, twice right, a day right. versus like, oh, I'm going to focus really hard and like, yeah. I don't know. It's cosmic. What we do is cosmic because you're getting an experience of pure consciousness, unboundedness. Mm-hmm. There's there's seven states of consciousness and everybody in the world is really only experiencing three, which is unacceptable. You know, if you think about, or it's the very least, it's, it's the very least that you can build a life on. Right. Um, it's like a stool. I mean, a, you know, a three legged stool mm-hmm. that you don't want to any less legs and you wouldn't sit down on the thing. It's not as stable, you know, but getting a fourth state of consciousness, transcendental consciousness, which we visit every day makes makes the mind and the physiology more stable. So what's the next one? Cosmic consciousness. Got so, it. So transcendental consciousness is is an experience with the self, with the big S, with pure consciousness or being. And it's kind of like a wave on the ocean flattening out. So we're, we're a wave of individuality. And when mm-hmm. we meditate and de-excite, that wave starts to flatten and flatten and flatten. And soon we're experiencing oceanic status universality megan is gone we've forgotten all about megan now it's just unboundedness bliss things like that and at the end of the meditation that wave crests again and megan sort of reorganizes into individuality so you think oh i had a wonderful experience of that of being ocean well, the thing is, is a wave has always been ocean. Yeah. You always are ocean. It's just that the wave has a mistaken identity. Oh, we're all the same thing. It's so creepy. We're all the same thing. It's so weird that you're me. Yeah, we're each other. I don't know how. No, it's good. <laughs> it's good. But when you repeat this over and over and over and over again, the mind starts to think, why do I have to meditate in order to enjoy and appreciate that unboundedness. I want it with eyes open. Mm. So it starts to, the mind will start to train itself how to hold on to that unbounded state as you come out of meditation. And after three to five years of meditating, maybe it's happened. Mm -hmm. You get rid of all that stress. And if you're doing this twice a day, you're on a, you're on an enlightenment program right now. Mm-hmm. Because the stress is going to come out and soon you're going to feel that unbounded depth with your eyes open while doing your podcasts uh, or driving When around. I'm enlightened, I'm going to rub it in everyone's face <laughs> so hard. <laughs> Does it work like that? Yeah. What, what, what do you think? Enlight- it's the only thing enlightenment is good for. Rubbing it in anybody's, everybody's face. So the, the meditation helped the Lyme's disease? I actually... Um, I was cured of Lyme disease and, and then I, ooh, there was a period of recovery, mm. but there was, so, you know, cured meaning there were no spirochetes inside me anymore. That's the bacteria ah. that causes it. Then there's about a year of recovery. Cause it's like, you know, it's like getting hit by a car, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just like, I was, I was pretty out of it. So I got stronger and stronger, but 
even so, several years later, I was still feeling a little fatigued, a little, I don't know. There was, it was, there was like artifacts from it. Mm. And then I learned this meditation and it kind of cleaned up the rest. Got it. Yeah. Like I wish, cellularly. Yeah, totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Because when you're resting, when you're resting in a deep state, like for instance, when we just go to bed, what are we resting? Our muscles and our bones mm. and our organs a little bit. But when you meditate, your cells start to rest. Your molecules start to rest. Your atomic particles and subatomic particles, everything is getting still. Because the reptilian brain is like not what we're focused on for once. Because when we are asleep, we're very alert. You're right. Yeah. That's when your brain is like, there might be a bear, there might be a robber, there might be a whatever the generations. A Harvey. Exactly. (laughs) A Harvey. (laughs) You get a little Harveyed. Um, But yeah, that's really, I never thought of it like that. That's really interesting. Yeah. I want, we talk a lot about here, we talk a lot on here and about here Mm -hmm. about manifesting. You don't know if you believe in it. No, I didn't say that. Um, Oh, what'd you say? I just said that in your question was, can you manifest during meditation or can you manifest I was wondering if meditation can help you manifest more quickly. Okay. That's a good jumping off point. Um, Yes, but he, but here's what I'll say first. Everyone is manifesting all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not, you don't need to go to a manifestation circle to manifest. You're manifesting right now. Everybody who's listening to this, you are manifesting something right now. Exactly where you are is exactly what you just Exactly where you are. Everyone is manifesting and they may not know what they're manifesting and that's the problem. And that's like an unconscious. Yeah. 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 So like you might think you're manifesting a boyfriend, but what you are really manifesting maybe is suffering or more cats. Mm -hmm. And most people, if they're not aware of what they're manifesting, then they are creating suffering. Mm -hmm. So meditation can help you because it, um, for another number of reasons, once, one, you your tolerance for suffering starts to go down. You, it becomes unacceptable. Yeah. After you've been meditating for a while, it's like, fuck that. No more suffering. It's a waste of time. There's no value in it. I used to love self-pity, and now oh, yeah. I don't even... People I get can't. addicted to I it. I was so addicted to it. And now when I start feeling it, I'm like fuck off I don't I like <laughs> right. it's fun for five seconds like oh poor me and then I'm just like let's it, go it doesn't serve anyone it's it so boring I know but um but one thing that happens is when you start meditating nature's nature starts to support you mm. so because if you are becoming awake then nature wants you as an ambas- as an ambassador for evolution you become an ambassador ambassador i can't even say it uh, <laughs> an, an ambassador for progressive evolution mm-hmm. because you're awake and no one else is so nature starts giving you all this support and when that happens um and this really happens when you start getting into cosmic consciousness you get the spontaneous fulfillment of desires you want something and it's going to show up but here's the catch. There's a catch to all this. Can I guess it? Yes. Once once you start getting stuff like that, you don't even care really what's happening in the outside world because you're so happy with your inner world? That is true. Okay. And that's called, that. that's a phase transition from object referral happiness to self-referral happiness, which is I think that the relationship or the money or the job 
is going to make me happy, or I think being special or being important or being attractive is going to make me happy. Never, ever, ever, ever will it. There's only one place you can find fulfillment. It's in here. I'm banging on my chest right now. You know, it's what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is within you. That's true. So when you start meditating, your mind after a while will give up looking for it out there because it realizes it's in mm. here and always has been. Once you stabilize that happiness within, you can enjoy anything and nothing out there can make or break you. A death, a heartbreak, winning the lottery, nothing will make or break you. So that's one part of it. But um, in terms of manifesting, uh, yeah, so you get supportive nature, but oh, what I was <laughs> what I was gonna say is the catch is, uh, you got to watch your mouth. Oh, because you can create things too quickly. Well, no, because so many people sarcasm is so prevalent, and oh. it's sarcasm isn't the language of nature. So if you stub your toe and break it, and you go, oh, great, nature gets confused. It didn't oh. know you liked broken toes. So it starts organizing more broken toes for you. Whoa. Yeah. So you, if you meet enlightened people, they're rarely sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you can imagine God being anything, but you can't imagine God going, oh, brother. Mm-hmm. God is not sarcastic. Nature is not sarcastic. We are. Yeah. But we have to watch that. If we're growing in consciousness, we have to watch what comes out of our mouth. I say perfect a lot when things are going badly. Oh, perfect. That's a weed you might want to pull out of the garden. I think I will. Yeah. Because then the universe is like, great, we'll give you more of it. That's right. The universe is so innocent and naive. And like, it just thinks, yes, yes, okay, oh, sure, blah, blah, blah. And that's why you have to, like, your affirmations should be formed of, I am worthy, not I'm not not worthy you know what i mean it, it, it's it not only not it's not only i am worthy it's it, you yeah not only are you worthy you are worthiness you mm-hmm. have um y- you know y- you're worthy what am i saying uh it's kind of like you are everything well yeah it's your deserving power you de- it's 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 about deserving everybody deserves the best and we want to increase deserving power through meditation um, and through, I don't know, it's just mainly through being, through familiarizing yourself with that deep state. Do you feel like women have a lot less deserving power, power. than men in general, just unconsciously? It would seem like it unconsciously, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want to go on the record. One, because I'm a man and I don't want you to get angry letters about, you know. No, um, no, I, I mean. Would, I would, it seems so culturally. Yeah, that's what that I'm saying, do, yeah. And, and it shouldn't be that way. Agreed. In fact, it's funny. I, I, uh, my teacher went to the Shankaracharya, who's in charge of our tradition, and asked him a question. How can women get more power? Mm. And he laughed and he said, women always have been in power. Mm. You know, they've just temporarily forgotten. Yeah. And I think that just has to do with this, you know, machismo patriarchy thing that's been going on for the past yeah, couple thousand yeah. years or whatever. Yeah, um, that little phase. Yeah, but we're seeing <laughs> but we're seeing a shift mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, w- women have to increase their, their deserving power. I mean, men do, too. You know, we, we all do. And in those higher states, it's not a. Uh, it's not a men versus women kind of thing. Of course not. It's, yeah. It just becomes unity. Yeah. Yeah. Or the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Or the ocean. Exactly. 
what else like what else is important to know Mm. is that too vague of a question no it's not um i think the most important thing to know is that everybody is okay every single person is is doing great and is all right deserves love deserves happiness everyone um everyone deserves the room to evolve so it's good to i think one of the toughest spiritual practices is not talking shit about other people oh it's i have to do that i didn't say that i'm just it's an advanced spiritual practice and it's the heart it's one of the hardest ones especially in a culture that loves doing it for a joke mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh it, it's especially with certain people and in the White House, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so tempting. Mm-hmm. It's so tempting. But, um, but everyone is evolving and everyone deserves to evolve. And there are some people who are, you know, very ignorant and very off course. But, you know, you were once like them in a past life. Absolutely. And I was like them in this life. Exactly. For some yeah. of it. Yeah. So everybody deserves that room to evolve. And, and people like that. You can't punish them. You can't do anything. You just love them. Mm-hmm. All these people. It's just, we just need to, I mean, it sounds kind of corny and, and summer of 69, but we just have to love each other mm-hmm. and we have to let people grow at, without, you know, without talking too much shit about them. By the way, talking shit. <laughs> without talking, talking too much shit about Talking them. shit hurts us more than I it hurts know. them. And the reason is, is because if we're awake and nature wants to support us, nature really wants us to start having God consciousness experiences, deep experiences with the celestial. And it, it, it can't give you those. It'll, it'll sort of block you from getting those experiences. If you don't know how to use your mouth, mm-hmm. if you don't know how to use your words. So if we're spending a lot of time talking shit, you will only get so far because you haven't shown yourself to be responsible enough. Mm-hmm. Those higher, those higher states and those higher experiences are for people who, who learn. And sometimes it's gradually, but it's a really good thing to do. I mean, to not talk shit, you have to have a lot of stuff that you're passionate about. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise you're just going to get bored and be like, did you see? Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And also it comes with insecurity. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who feel like all they got is the gossip. Mm-hmm. It's all they have going for them. The it's their currency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's their way into the, into the crowd as well. I've heard this and I'm the person with the information. Uh, oh my God. Is... My, this guy once died and I called my manager and I was like, did you hear blah, blah died? Cause it's like his favorite person. And uh-huh. he was like, no, that was not him. That was a different person. And I was like, well, just know I will be the one to t- call and tell you when your favorite person does die. <laughs> Um, so there is that like, yes, I know. And I'm giving you. Yeah. 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 And it's kind of fun. There's that fun, like to be in the know and, mm-hmm. and the internet is sort of encouraging that. But just in terms of what we should know, we're, we're all okay. And everybody should know that they can meditate. Everyone can meditate. If you can think you can meditate. If you have yeah. a, if you have a mind, you can do it. And, um, there's a global awakening happening right now. It, it looks like the opposite is happening. But as you know from meditation, you know, you bring in that light through mm-hmm. your meditation. And what happens? Stress release. Yeah. What we're seeing is collective stress release. And this is a collective. So 
all the bad stuff that go that's going on is actually purging and purification. So do you think that like once you start meditating, you'll start acting more like an asshole for a little bit? Um, generally not, (laughs) (laughs) but, but I've, I've, it's not that I've seen it, but what's weird is when you do get grumpy or when something does happen, it feels a lot different after you've been meditating than before. Like something's overtaken you, like there's something poisonous, but you can feel like the anger chemistry in you and you think, oh, this is, it's intolerable. It's intolerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people become, I know I do what those first 10 days that I teach people, I say, just be nice to yourself because you're releasing a lot of stress that's been locked in your body and you just want to get a lot of rest, you know, eat good food, be nice to people. You, You don't want all that stress coming out and because people do kind of feel grouchy when, when they first meditate, usually they feel blissful, but every now and then you get someone who's just grouchy. Mm-hmm. It's all coming out. Well, grouch. Yeah. Can you tell us your deepest meditation experience or do you, are you supposed to keep that private? No, I can tell you. Okay, cool. Give it to us. Okay. So this was, this was before I did teacher training. It was right before I did teacher training. And, um, I was living in Silver Lake. That's where we are right now. That's where we are right now. Silver Lake. What Hello. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> SS. Uh, SL. <laughs> Silver Sake. Silver Sake. <laughs> Liver Lake. So I was having just, I just sat down for like a normal meditation and as you know, in meditation, you kind of forget things. You sometimes forget where your hands are, or you might forget what room you're in, or you forget that you're even meditating. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just get lost in thought, and suddenly it's like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. And it takes you a second. It's like, oh, yeah, I meditated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where mm-hmm. I am. Okay. So it was one of those kind of deep ones, but it got so deep that I forgot everything, 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 everything. And what had happened was... This is my, I'm going to do my best to explain this um, because it gets it's a little weird. Okay. Uh, so all so everything about me went away. When I say me, I mean my identity. All of it completely vanished and disappeared. And what I felt or was experiencing was isness. Mm. I is. I mm. is baby. Mm-hmm. I was just is. Mm. I don't know how else to. It, there was an isness, and it felt great. I was an undulating, unbounded consciousness in maybe outer space, but even outer space had too much matter in it. There was no. There was nothing. There was nothing there. It was just me, and it was the most blissful thing. It was oh. just is, and then being becoming conscious of the isness. An amnes started to form. Oh my gosh! Yes, because I became conscious of isness. So what's becoming conscious of isness? Something. So amnes. Started. You were like experiencing the whole, the universe, like yes. coming into existence. Yes. Okay. So then there was an I am. Okay. And I am that I am. I am that. That's just what I am. I am. I. I am that I am. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of. You know, so there was this amnes going on and that was groovy. That was, you know, that was Mm -hmm. like, um, but it, it made me start to think after a while, well, if I am, what am I? 
Ah. And then this is a stumper. Because, by the way, I wasn't thinking in, in language. There was a subtler form that I was thinking with, but I don't, I couldn't explain what that was. But these weren't words yet. These weren't, they were just sort of, they, they were soft epiphanies. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and, but I knew that I must be something if there is amnes. So I didn't know what I was. And then I started re- wondering if I was dead. Maybe I was something that had died. Mm-hmm. Or maybe some, I was something that wasn't born yet. And I was kind of going back and forth with those two. And then I thought, how do I know about death and birth? I must be human. Yeah, right. I, I, was a, I was a human once. I was a human once. So who was I? And that took forever. I just sat in there. But I also kept forgetting because it was so nice to be that thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then, and then I but it, it kept dogging me like... I, what am I? You know, who was I? I I must have been someone. And after a while, and I didn't even know if I was um, what sex I was. Wow. I was beyond that. So I, w- I thought, was I a man or a woman? I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. Mm. And then somehow in this sort of mystery, I remembered my sister, Katie. What? Katie came up, and when when I thought of her, everything like cascaded back into place. Oh, that's right. I'm Teo. I've been, I've been um, playing Teo. Whoa! Yeah. I've been playing Teo. Yeah, I've been playing <laughs> Teo, and I know where I am. Oh yeah. Okay, so I'm meditating. Oh my god, I'm meditating. It's 2008, and I'm in La Cunada. Wow! And I opened my eyes, and it was 2011 in Silver Lake. What? Yeah. And up until then. Teo had always had experiences of the universe or the unboundedness or the ocean. But after that moment, I realized I've always been that. I've always been the unboundedness. I've always been the universe. And this whole time I've been playing Teo. Wow. Yeah, that was a real turning point. But it didn't hit me until actually a couple years later when I started remembering that meditation and how it was such a subtle shift, but that was a big turning point it was one of the weirdest and most amazing meditations I've ever had so do you think we're like are we're there all the time and kind of we're just that's us at at our core that source and we're just reflecting this yeah yeah it sounds kind of lonely there no 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 because there's oneness or there's just there's no I wasn't all I know is I wasn't lonely there was nothing lonely no fear no fear at all fearless but it was it exciting um is that why we come down to earth is that why we're projecting this play i didn't want it to end okay it was so deeply pure Mm. and innocent and natural and wonderful and and to get back to teo in this world it's clumsy down here yeah you know and it's but it was exciting to oh back to the game Mm. Back to the game, back to all that fun. But the reason all of this is happening is love. It's mm. all love. So what the universe does is there, there's a big bang. And and what happens is there's a sudden div, um, uh, dis- diversification. So there's, you know, there's a blink, a singularity explodes, big bang, and everything goes diverse. Everything goes... Um, in a million different directions and then it gets to a point where it has to start returning and in that return 
everything starts looking for unity. Mm. And in unity, there can't be unity without love. So everyone's trying to find their way home. We're one thing, but with God, if you're just that singularity, if you're just unmanifest being, it's a oneness. It's not unity, it's oneness. And oneness, as nice as it is, actually gets a little boring. Right. Right. So it it makes itself into a gazillion pieces so that those pieces can start finding each other. That is crazy. Find unit. The whole purpose is love. Yeah. So you find love and you find your way back through love. And not just romantic love, through all through love of all things. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's really what we all seek is unity. Even the people who gossip, what what are they seeking? Unity. It's just low grade unity. Mm-hmm. It's like if you go to a, a fine wine party and everybody brings some really amazing wine, and then someone walks in with some something like two dollar two buck chuck that they bought at the airport. <laughs> you know, it's like it's nice that you're here, but you kind of didn't get the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, we don't want low grade unity. We want high grade unity. That's what you and I are having right now. Mm-hmm. It's why we choose our friends. It's why we upgrade. Well, you might find that if you look back, people say, "Yeah, I used to hang out with that crowd, and all we did was bitch and moan and make fun of people." Mm. It was fun, but now I have true friends, and we talk about ideas and evolutionary type things. Yeah, it's like I, I, it's weird when you realize that you want your relationships to help you grow. Yeah, And there's just, no matter how much you love somebody, no matter how much you're attracted to somebody, no matter how long you've been with somebody, mm-hmm. if it's just keeping you both the same, it's not gonna... Yeah, we need to evolve. I know, it's it's crazy, because yeah. society does not teach us that. No. It's... What we need is self-sufficiency. We need yeah. to be um, self-reliant. We don't... It's dependency... Dependency is the enemy. You know, we don't want to be dependent on anything or anyone, and we don't want to teach dependency. Relationships are like that. If there's someone trying to make someone else in the relationship dependent, run, Mm. break up, Mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. That is a. That's what cults do. Mm -hmm. Cults teach dependency. Mm -hmm. That's their thing. You know, it's not. It's not. You know, usually there's a bunch of other weird stuff, but the main thing is dependency. I, yeah, I've been to a lot of codependency meetings because I definitely, um, have run into that problem. I'm not, you know, we all have, yeah, flawless when it comes to, uh, those relationships still. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. When you, when you find your way out, it just makes you better at at teaching or helping others because you know the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's all good. And whatever it is, is your path to enlightenment, Mm -hmm. you know? So no matter where people are sitting right now, mm-hmm. no matter what they're looking at, it's all good. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be exactly that way. Yes. And there's just openings every second for growth and connection. That's right. No matter where anybody is, they are, they, remember that in every single person, there is their highest evolved self. Mm-hmm. It, it's already happened. Um it, there's a good ending for everybody in the universe. That is so beautiful. It's true. Oh. Everyone gets a happy ending. And it, and it, but the thing is it may not be in this life. And this mm. is what frightens people. You know, we have a we but it can be if you take the bull by the horns and and start um living and not wasting your life, it'll be a happy ending. But what we have to do is get out of our ruts, our ever-repeating known, or our stagnation. Our limitations. And start, yeah. Mm-hmm. And start 
the search for God, whether you're an atheist or not. If you're an atheist, you don't believe in God, start the search for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, God and self, same thing. Nature, there's lots of different names for it, and I don't want people to get hung up on it, but start the search for something. Sam Harris wrote a book. He's a he's a total atheist, and now he's a, he's also a meditator. Yeah, He meditated, and then he had a divine experience that he can't explain. Mm. So he continues meditating and wrestling, but it makes him a very interesting guy because he's super smart, doesn't believe in God, but can't deny the experience he has during meditation. Mm. So, um, yeah, everybody should just start looking, start searching. Absolutely, and one thing I just want to end on that you taught me that helped so much is that you don't have to sit straight up when you meditate. Right. You don't. Now I always sit up. I sit with back support. Me too. I sit up like in my bed, cross-legged against the wall. That's it. Yeah. Be comfortable. Yeah. Be comfortable. There's a lot of ways to meditate, but we go with ease. We go with what's easiest Mm -hmm. and we, we just want to get comfortable. Like you can drop your head down a little bit. When I was trying to do it sitting straight up, like, and a little, hard. oh my God, so miserable. It, it should be the most pleasant part of your day. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's why I always say it should be the easiest part of your day. Mm-hmm. And meditation, if you're doing it right, is easier than making cereal. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if like, if your, if your listeners want to find me or someone else, then Find a way to give them my info, and I can say, "Give oh, it to you- us right now." Okay, so my <laughs> my website mm-hmm. is teoburkhart.com. That's Will you spell a, it? Yes, T H E O B U R K H A R D T. But um, analog meditation also gets you there. Okay, um, and they can write me and say, "Hey, I'm in Seattle. I want to learn this. Where do I go? I got someone for you there." Um, I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I got someone for you. I got, you know, in Florida, tell me where you are and I can hook you up with one of my colleagues. Cause I have awesome colleagues. Mm-hmm. I believe in them. They're well-trained and they do what I do. And we're all just helping each other and just trying to get the world to meditate. And sometimes if, if you like literally can't afford it, people will sometimes work with you. Yeah. 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 I've, I've. I've done, I know, I've done things where, I've done trades before. Mm-hmm. I've done trades. I've done payment plans. Um, trades are my favorite. I like that. Mm-hmm. I've done great trades. Um, and, you know, I've I've also have about a, a few times a year, if, if someone, it, it, in special cases, I'll still give it away for free. Uh. But it's got to be a good, legitimate story, mm-hmm. you know? And I, because I don't want money to get in the way. I, I don't want to alienate people who don't have the money. Exactly. I find a way for everybody to learn. Yeah. Um, I know someone came to me once and they said, I have no money. I really want to learn. I said, great, we'll, we'll figure it out. Write down 10 things you're good at. She's like, what? And I said, just 10 things that you're good at and we're going to, we'll do a trade. She never gave me that list. Mm. You know, it's like I, I would have, Yeah. you know, I want to work with people. I yeah. want to work with anything, but it's good to have an exchange. Yeah, I mean, Tony Robbins, who's insane, um, but we love him. I'm not yeah. gossiping. Yeah. Um, I mean, he charges like $2,000 for his workshops, and he's like, yeah. because if you are not making a huge sacrifice to be here, you just don't give a fuck. Yeah, and and I and I get it, because yeah. I see it in my, um, I see it in the people who, who sign up and who don't sign up, mm-hmm. and I can tell the difference. And the people who do sign up, and 
and pay, they wind up saying that was the best that was the that was the best investment I ever made. Absolutely. You know, right. At the time you're like damn I, i'm like i rather can't drink with my friends exactly. this month this exactly. is horrible exactly. or i mean you know some people actually have real lives yes. and families yeah. and stuff like that and they just absolutely can't right now mm-hmm. there's always a way it's truly not about money but it is about wanting to actually value it exactly yeah. exactly and then it also makes them great students absolutely they've 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 paid up they've learned and now they're all ears mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot of worthy inquiry which is going to make me a better teacher mm-hmm. they want to get their money's worth and i want them to get their money's worth well i absolutely have teo thank you for changing my life ah and so you're many welcome, other Megan. people who listen you're just it all amazing. started at the jammy jam it all started <laughs> at the jammy jam and now here we are just teaching people about consciousness so we're very thankful you came and please come back and visit as soon as you're back in LA thank you Megan okay Uh but did you have any other like any place else they can follow you Instagram what's what's the B-T-H-E-O they can watch me travel around the world and teach people meditation perfect you guys follow him okay (laughs) bye guys we love you bye this is what you gotta do Ain't no treadmill. No, no, no. Ain't no bicycle. No, no. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.